Kenya Abru is the president and CEO of the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce, a not-for-profit membership organization dedicated to empowering and fostering the economic advancement of women through business ownership, microenterprise, and self-employment. A dynamic Latino woman born in the Dominican Republic and raised in New York City by a village of women, Ms. Abreu learned at a very young age that investing in women's economic empowerment is the key that opens the door that leads to gender equality, poverty eradication, and inclusive economic growth. At this time, I want to welcome Ms. Kenya Abreu to Tea Table Talk. Ms. Abreu, for Kenya. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi, Kenya. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic considering the time. You know, just being healthy and alive right now, it's really um, all you need, I have to say, you know. Uh, So I'm grateful to God for that. Oh, wow. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, uh, I wanted to to, uh, talk to you about... Uh, the women's, the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce. Uh, uh, you know, I know that uh, it is the first women's chamber of commerce. Am I correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. And and you founded this. Can you first of all, can you tell us what the Chamber of Commerce is and what it does? Uh, yes, of course. So the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce is. It's um it's an organization, it's a nonprofit organization that is really dedicated to the economic empowerment of women. It is um you know sometimes I or many times I get the question about um how is this different than other chambers? As you know, too, there's a lot of chambers of commerce out there, and um, most chambers or all of them I would say are really um, dedicated to businesses in a particular geographical area. Our mm-hmm. focus and concern is really helping um, helping our women, helping our women entrepreneurs or women that want to be entrepreneurs uh, be successful in business. That's really the main focus of the New York Women's Chamber. Wow. Wow. So I am sorry is- about the, the, the sounds. Uh, those are the, <laughs> the ambulance. The ambulance sounds, the new sounds of, of New York City, you know, the, unfortunately. It's, it's, the, it's the latest and greatest hits, right? <laughs> yes. Very, don't very don't worry so. about it. Don't listen. Don't worry about it. I I know we're all very busy. We have to sometimes we have to multitask. We have to you know do what we can do when we can. Um, so so the Women's Chamber of Commerce. How does it differ from the other chambers of commerce? How is it you know how is it, and how is it similar? Well, it is it is um, similar in in the sense that we are dedicated to. Um, small businesses, right, and, and helping um, small businesses succeed and advocating for small businesses. But um, the big difference is that our focus is women, is women-owned businesses, is women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that uh, are starting a business or are in business already, and we our, our whole thing is, is helping them succeed and also advocating for them, for equal opportunities for our women. And we are not bound to a geographical area. We, our boundary is New York. But mm. aside, um, um, you know, 
that's our only boundary, really. New York, we are dedicated to our, our women entrepreneurs and women-owned businesses in New York, but we are not. The most of the chambers, they're either borough chamber or they are, um, you know, particular area chamber, and they're more. Um, they're open um, to everyone, and they a lot of times they don't provide the services that mm-hmm. we provide. We have direct services to help our women entrepreneurs succeed? Well, you know, um, being the founder of the uh, first, you know, New York Women's Chamber of Commerce um, is is tremendous. Um, That's a a, a tremendous accomplishment. And I am proud as, you know, as someone of the same gender, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, to to be able to have this interview with you. And, you know, and, and a lot of us can have ideas, but, it's another thing to implement those ideas. So can you discuss, like, the circumstances that led you to, um, to, 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 found, to, to found the Chamber of Commerce? But moreover, like, your, the significance as a Latina, as a Latina woman. Yes. So um, I'll tell you just briefly how we started. I, I've always been um, a big advocate of economic empowerment. You know, I, I truly believe that if we were to put more efforts and resources into the economic empowerment of women, not just women, but of our people and, and especially minorities, that mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't need to uh, be creating so many, um, you know, programs or, or giveaways sometimes, as I call them, because um, I think it's more valuable when you help somebody either start a business or the employment opportunities that are going to give people the means, the economic means to then make the decisions for themselves, you know, to have the freedom mm. to make the decisions for themselves as to where they're going to live, where the kids are going to go to school, what they're going to eat. And I think that is the true, true um, empowerment. It comes with economic empowerment. So I've always been a, a, a huge advocate of that. Um, before mm-hmm. I started the chamber, I, um, my one of my past lives, I I worked for Columbia University and and um, I worked in the employment, um, the recruited recruitment and employment um, division for Columbia mm-hmm. University. Mm-hmm. So I have tried. I've always been either in in that area in employment or in business um, development, and mm-hmm. that's because I truly believe in that, and that that's what made me. Um, Want to start the New York Women's Chamber when I was working uh, for the Hong Kong Economic Development Corporation, heading up their um, Women's Business Center, and then later on to the Queens Economic Development Corporation as head of, of their business services division. We would advise women um, to go and in, in, in join chambers of commerce and business associations so they would network with other business owners. And they will mm-hmm. come back and say, um, we didn't feel comfortable there because there's the majority of the members, the majority of the business owners are men. Mm. Are men, and a lot of the opportunities are for them, and a lot of the mm. talks are for them, and they monopolize everything. Yeah. So I that said, old boys okay, network, yeah. right? They, uh, yes, you got it, the old boys network. And I thought, mm. huh. We then need to have our own women's network, our own, you know, own girls' network. 
and that's that. kind of the chamber. Yes, and and I will tell you, um, I I really thought that we had a, a women's chamber here in New York because other states had it. Mm. So when I started doing research, I said, "Well, wait a minute, where is our where is our chamber? Where's our women's chamber in a city, in a state that has so many women-owned businesses and so women entrepreneurs? It's not possible." Mm-hmm. But we didn't, so that's how it started. Well, you know, I I say the same thing. You know that you you would think in a state or even New York City alone with so much wealth, right? And yes. uh, and so much business to to be had and done, why wouldn't there be one or two or ten at this point? Um, So, you know, kudos to you for, you know, um, ensuring that, you know, we are uh, also considered, um, you know, in the small business uh, realm, if you will. Um, And so I I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, can you tell me uh, about the micro Enterprise Institute, the Women's Micro Enterprise Institute. Yes, of course. So, um, as as I said before, when we started at the we started the New York Women's Chamber, we were just started as a networking group. You know, just mm-hmm. women uh, networking, learning from each other, and and things mm-hmm. like that. And then um, we started getting requests for services from our women entrepreneurs. And so we started adding services, and that's how the Microenterprise Institute um, started because we realized that it wasn't enough to just networking, um, you know, events, that we also needed to educate our women entrepreneurs on how to do business, that we needed to give them the tools to be successful, to, to learn from other uh, women with more experiences, and even, and even men. Uh, with experience that have been successful, that were successful in business. And that's how we started the institute, it's mainly to provide educational uh, business development classes, just entrepreneurial training, and just bringing seminars and workshops and all kinds of educational programs to help our women uh, grow as, as women entrepreneurs. So, Kenya, is that open to um, women with ideas for a business, or do you already have to be incorporated uh, as, a, as, as a business to take advantage of what you have to offer at the Microenterprise Institute? No, no, not at all. I mean, in, in, it's open to everyone. It's open to women that have a business um, and then also women that are looking to start, women that have an idea. We, we, we not only provide educational programs, but we also provide one-on-one um, business coaching to our women mm. entrepreneurs, and those, the mm. business coaching is provided by experts in different areas to help a woman from just when that woman has an idea um, to bring that to fruition, to make it a reality, because that's that's wow. really you know key right there. <laughs> How do you I take your idea, like, you know, yes. from an idea to a reality? Yeah. I, so from the seed to the tree, right? Like, yes. I, I yes. feel like this is such great information. There's so much information that's out there that I feel that we don't know about. Uh, mostly that minorities end up not really understanding or knowing about. Um, yes. So this is great. I, I really, you know, I'm going to probably talk to you offline <laughs> to reach out to you because I have some ideas myself. But um, thank you so much um, for, for, for this 
uh, education here and for, you know, developing the Micro Enterprise Institute. I think it's a wonderful idea. And if more people Thank haven't you. picked up on it or adopted it, they should. Um, yes. So uh, I have a question about a- advocacy. Um, you know, yes. you mentioned that, you know, um, you understand and believe as a woman it's important to, you know, to support one another and, uh, in, you know, in business. Uh, how have you advocated on behalf of women, you know, as it pertains to business opportunities prior to activating the chamber? And if you want to talk about since the chamber, you can as well. Yes. Um, so we, um, I have always been very involved in, in terms of advocacy and, and mainly um, in, at the city and the state uh, level. So, um when I started um, working with um, the Hunt for an Economic Development Corporation in the Bronx, where um, it's the South Bronx, um, the poorest congressional district in the nation, and we started working with women and we realized that um, there was no um, women business center in, in the Bronx and that there were a women business center in other places. Um, in the city, and those centers are funded by the SBA. And so immediately we started advocating to bring a women's business center to the Bronx, and I was very involved in that, and wow. creating, um, the, at the end, the center, um, getting the resources to bring the women's business center to the Bronx because it was it was needed. And those are one of the things that I, I take a lot of, of, of pride in, in, in continuing to do is to make sure that resources are develop and resources are included, um, you know, in- inclusive of our women and especially minority women, T, because we still have a gap. We still have a tremendous gap when it comes to opportunities and when it comes to resources for our minority women. Wow, what a legacy you have. <laughs> I, I am so thoroughly I- impressed. Um, you know, thank you. I'm, I'm sure people have said thank you, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, for, thank, for you that. For, thank, thank you for this opportunity, really, and, and, you know, it's, it's highly appreciated. And um, just you also asked about how we continue to do this through the New York Women's Chamber, and I have to say that um, that's a big role of the New York Women's Chamber is to advocate for, um, for women and for um, economic, the economic empowerment of women, and not only the economic empowerment of women, but the economic empowerment of minorities. Again, uh, as I said before, because when it comes to opportunities, to economic opportunities for our women, for minority women, and for other um, um, minorities, there continues to be a tremendous gap there. So one of the things that we did that I, I, I was, and continue to be very involved with is all of the efforts of the city and state when it comes to the MWB programs, which are the uh, Minority and Women Business Enterprise um, programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, um, I, I worked um, with the city council when several years ago uh, to get uh, the passing of local law um, one, um, local law one uh-huh. twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Local okay. All right. Local, yeah. Local one thirty nine. And I'll tell you, that is the beginning of it all. <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you, I am beginning to feel a little old because I said, "Oh my God!" I remember when I first started um, the chamber to the, in two thousand and two, 
And that was one of the things that I started working on um, with the city council. And Yvette Clark, who's now um, Congresswoman um, Yvette Clark for Brooklyn, was mm-hmm. at the city council at that time. And she was the chair of the, of the, um, of the committee on contracts. And, and also um, now Senator Sanders from Brooklyn at that time, also at the city council, and, and, and council member at that time, Robert Jackson, now senator, also for the state. And, and it was with that group that um, that I really got involved, and I felt like I was almost, you know, a kid back then, and had all of these amazing people as mentors, and that's yes. how the job at MWB Low Path. Wow. Yeah. So so at the city level, um, and then later down the line, you you're you know following and and working with these people still, and they yes. are you know they are going uh, and now both us. Uh, uh, you know, both uh, of those city council persons are both state senators, and then, yeah. like you said, Congresswoman Yvette Clark. That's that's wonderful. And you were a baby at that time, <laughs> so so yeah. So so you were doing that from from then. You know, uh, that that's amazing. That that is you are to be lauded. Um, congratulations on your appointment to the governor's New York Forward Reopening Advisory Board. Uh, Thank you. Uh, and that was last week or so, I believe. Correct. Yes. Yes. That's correct. Can you can you discuss with our with the Chief Table Talk audience um, about the board? Like, what is your role, and what are you hoping to achieve as a board uh, advisory board member? Well, um, my role, as as is the role of everyone that it it has been um, uh, appointed to this board, is to um, help the, the governor um, pretty much reopen the mainly the economy in, in, in New York. And I'm there representing New York City, of course. I'm very proud of that, representing the, the, the business community in New York City. And it's to really develop um, um, the plans because it's not just one plan, but the, the, the planning to, re, to reopen um, the, the, the economy, which means the businesses um, mm-hmm. in, in my case, um, and is to make sure that it's done correctly, that it's done responsibly, and that, um, that our businesses continue to operate and continue to do well, but to do so responsibly, making sure that their their you know their employees are safe, the customers mm-hmm. are safe, and then they themselves as the business owners are safe. And it's 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 gonna be tough, but we're gonna we're gonna do it. You know, we we mm-hmm. we're gonna do it. We have a, a tremendous group um that um you know comprises the, the advisory board, a lot of people with a lot of experience in different areas and mm-hmm. and as I said, very proud to represent New York City, especially my small business community that is suffering mm-hmm. uh, so much right now. But oh um, we're going to, yeah, we're going to get there. It's going to be slow. And, and people mm-hmm. have to understand that it's, it's a new normal. It's a new mm-hmm. normal and going to have to adapt. But we are going to make it. Um, new York City is very resilient, as you know. We are New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, for you to make it here in New York City, you have to be resilient. You have to be strong. You have to be the bravest. Um, so, so that is the role. Um, it's just to, to come up with plans. For every industry, also because um, the reopening is going to be by faith, uh, by faces, and and by industries. So they have mm-hmm. to be uh, plans for each industry. 
Well, I think uh, off the top of my head, the easiest industry in terms of, of, of businesses to, to, to reopen if they've even shut down, I guess, would be the tech industry right? because they, <laughs> that's not like yeah. – it doesn't necessarily a brick and mortar, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, 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 they, and the tech and the tech industry still continues to function uh, remotely. Um, yes. As as are some professional, um, you know, businesses, organizations that have continued to um, to continue to operate remotely is the actual, you know, like physical um, um, opening of of mm-hmm. the places that mm-hmm. we are concerned, you know, concerned mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the industry that opens uh, first is really the construction industry. Um, it's opening Has it first. shut down, though? I feel like construction yeah. has still been going on. Yeah, no? some of them, yes, yeah, some, some of the construction have been going on because they're essential. Uh, uh-huh. What is called essential construction, for instance, hospitals that are being built, um, uh-huh. you know, certain certain. Um, Certain areas and, and manufacturing too is going to be opening. Um, um, it's going to be um, what they call phase one of mm-hmm. the uh, re re entry, the reopening. So we have construction, we have manufacturing, um, and and it's still not going to be all construction and all manufacturing. Um, they're mm-hmm. going to be looking again at what's essential, really first, and then okay, so- um, yeah. Well, so so we love our phases, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we have a phase mm-hmm. for everything. Yes. Um, but um, so, and, and I guess we're looking at especially just making sure that we are safe, uh, adhering to any social distancing standards yes. and just yes. trying to make sure. So we're you're really dealing with the planning at this uh, logistics right now yes. on the advisory exactly. board and so how mm-hmm. you're going to roll that out. I, I'm glad that you're on that board because I know that the small businesses have someone, especially, uh, you know, women owners that are going to fight for them and make sure that, you know, it's not just, say, for example, maybe, you know, uh, the, 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 I don't know, male-driven businesses, if you will. I don't, I, I don't know, but I know well, that you're going to be yeah. there fighting for us. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm, I, that's what I'm there for, see, and, you know, and every day I tell you, um, <laughs> I wake up, you know, not only the day that, you know, in the middle of the night with, you know, thinking and with ideas and, you know, thinking, mm-hmm. okay, how are we going to open our beauty salon, you know? How are we going to open the beauty salon so that we have so many of them in the city of New York? And, and you know, and, and that's a tough one. And, but we are like, very I said, tough. We, yeah, Oof. very tough. Our barbershops, our beauty salons, our spas, our nail salons. Um, and we're already looking at, you know, what other states um, are doing and, and looking at how, because this is very important. This is what people need to understand. We need to open the economy, but we need to be responsible. We need to do it with, with, with really ways that are not going to compromise the safety and the health of our people. And right. so what we're going to, as they open, see, as they open, we're going to watch the level, you know, of cases how that affects the cases, you know. Mm-hmm. Are the cases still diminishing or are they increasing or are they staying the same? All of that has to be monitored. Well, I I, I definitely uh, appreciate the fact that um, that is not being forgotten or dismissed. So speaking of, you know, we're talking since we're talking about COVID. And so, you know, in light of COVID-19, this pandemic, mm-hmm. And its adverse effects on small businesses, of course, 
uh, you, you talked about that. Um, can you discuss the P, uh, is it PP, P or PPP loan? What, what, what is it? And, 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 and can you just be real with this? What are the pros and cons to that PPP? Yes. So the PPP is the payroll protection program. And what that is, is an SBA loan. We came out of the uh, CARE Act. Uh, from you know Congress, everything that comes out of the federal uh, uh, out of the federal is an actual law. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I say you know it, it, it's easier for you know city or state to, to to create things, programs and initiatives because with the federal everything is a law. Um, right. So that comes out of the the, the package, the, the the stimulus package that, that that was passed in 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 Washington, and what that is, um, money, billion billions of dollars were put in um, in the stimulus package to help the small businesses, to, to help the small businesses. So the there's two um, loans that were created. One was the PPP, and the other mm-hmm. one was the um, the disaster um, relief um, loan. And mm-hmm. right now, what's still what's still available is the PPP. So I want people to know that that there's still money in the PPP loan, the PPP program that can still apply. That program okay. has, that that money has not totally gone away yet. So they still have time okay. to apply for that. So the PPP, what it is, it says this is the payroll protection program, and it was designed for businesses to still keep their employees on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Very important. It's still to keep the business, the, the employees on the payroll, or to hire them back if they have to let them go. Okay, so they so could be uh, on furlough, but they'll be able to. They would still be employees technically, and it's so the, when the exactly. time is right, they could bring them back. Okay, they have to bring them back. Um, okay, because that is that is a piece that is forgivable. The PPP has a piece, seventy five percent of the loan. That is forgivable, but only ah. if you have your employees, only if you're paying your employees. That is ah. the piece that is forgivable, okay? Mm. And people need to understand that we're going to be doing some seminars around that for people that already got the PPP loan so they can understand that if they don't bring their employees, if they have let go of their employees or if, they're, um, if they don't bring them back, their loan is not going to be forgivable. They're going to have to repay the loan, the total amount. Ah, okay. And why would you want to let someone go anyway if you could hold on to them, right? So, exactly. okay. That's what it is. It's to, it's to keep the economy going. And that's right. what we need to understand. It's to keep our economy going. So we still have people employed. They don't have to go collect unemployment. We still have them employed. We can still do business because there's a lot of businesses that we can still do remotely, you know? And, yeah, and, yes, yes. And yeah, we need incentives like this. Exactly. Yes. And people and then people can still go and spend money. That's how we keep the economy going. Okay. All right. And and you were going to so that was that's PPP and the disaster loan is no longer the is disaster no longer loan available, is available, exhausted. It's no longer yeah, it's no longer available. We we are trying uh, we're advocating for that to, to happen again, so we will see, uh, because I think that if the PPP money doesn't get totally used, they might revert, they might then bring the other ones back. They might use the rest of the money to bring the other loan back, which is uh-huh. the, other, the other one um, gives you a $10,000, um, almost becomes a grant. 
and mm-hmm. and you don't it's not based on employment it's based on expenses that you have uh-huh okay which which then you have businesses that don't have employees that prefer to you know would would be um you know could get that loan um right. if, if they don't have employees and, and that's the one where the max amount is 10,000 is that yes that, yes okay all right well, kind of following a little yeah. bit. Kenya. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, while the PPP is based really uh, on your employment, on how much money you know you need to keep your employees um, mm-hmm. on your payroll. Mm-hmm. Got it. So ultimately, if you if you're uh, more than a one man show, uh, PPP is the way to go. And yes, I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I would. T- but I'll tell you this though that a lot of people don't know. You could still what? apply for the PPP if it's just you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could still apply. Okay, yes, you could still apply for the PPP if it's just you because you can put yourself and you can put the the expenses that you have. Now, what oh. happens with that is that you're gonna get a very little amount, right? For empo- for you know for employment, but then means that then your forgivable loan is not so forgivable mm-hmm. because you don't have employees. Yeah, you don't have employees. Mm-hmm. But you can still apply. You can still apply if you're a subcontractor, and you can still apply if you're self-employed. And, and would you With say you. that, okay, would you say that either of these are more or less guaranteed versus going to a bank? You know, you, they, they, may, they may look at your credit score. Uh, but would these are these do, do these uh, resources differ in that way where they're not yeah, looking? Yeah, they're more flexible. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. They're more, they're more flexible. They're more flexible. The only thing is that you got to remember the PPP. You're still going through a bank. If you have a bank, you're still going through your bank, or you have to mm-hmm. go through a different bank if your bank is not being responsive. Mm-hmm. And there's also organizations, nonprofit organizations that are financial institutions that are also PPP lenders because they have been approved by the federal, by the SBA, to be a PPP lender. Kenya, are there any, you, you mentioned these two grants. Is there uh-huh. anything that's be, has there been anything created specifically for women business owners? Uh, for COVID, concerning COVID? No, that's something that we're working on right now. We are in the process ah. of creating a fund uh, for okay. our women entrepreneurs. So we, we were waiting for, uh, you know, we were waiting to see if, if you know, if somebody else was going to do that, um, that, because there were other grants. There were other grants that had been circulating. For instance, Verizon has a grant um, that um, they, they, had it already for a couple of, um, I would say, um, since the beginning of, of the pandemic. And they are on the second round, I believe, right now. And you said and Verizon? Verizon. Verizon. The, the, the oh, okay. Company. Yes. Wow. So they have it. So people can look it up. It's a Verizon, and, a Verizon grant, and mm-hmm. it's a grant. You don't have to pay it back if you get it. And it's open right now for wow. entrepreneurs. Exactly. But for Wonderful. women, there hasn't been anything yet, so that's why we feel compelled to then create a, a fund for women entrepreneurs. 
I like it. I think you should do it. <laughs> and, you, you know, let, let, let's make it happen, you know. And, you know, of course, um, you know, if you any, – any support you need from me, you have it. Um, I have just you. a couple more questions. Yeah, uh, go ahead. And, and, and I, you know, I know this is just so interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I just I'm, – I'm so excited about this interview. So um, the um, – I was going to ask, um, but I think maybe we kind of covered it. Uh, what are a re- additional resources for MWBEs to carry them through until the pandemic subsides? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, there are. Um, that's, that's one of the beautiful things I have to say and one of the things that made me, made me proud to be a New Yorker, mm-hmm. that I don't know any other state, any other city, that – really goes, you know, the the strings to the street, not 100, but more than 100% to try to help, you know, our people. So um, when it comes to the NWB, yes, there are resources. Um, True Fund, which is a partner of the city of New York, has a fund for MWBEs, and they have it, um, they have it, um, in two, in two, the fund is, is divided in two. One is a grant and the other one is a loan for MWBEs. So they have a grant and they also have a loan for MWBEs. And I know um, also that I think it's um, the Brooklyn Chamber is also developing something. I just thought on their web for um, whether they're still in the process of raising the funds, but they're doing really well. And that's for Brooklyn businesses. And 65%, I believe it is, of the funds is going to be for MWBEs. So, yes. And then, um, and then what is happening is, and I want the MWBEs to um, to um, to reach out or or you know call us, and we would um, share the information that the city is looking for for contractors and the state too to provide essential services right now. You know, like to provide um, essential services. Essential services. For okay. Instance, okay. Um, if you are in the food industry, if you're in the food industry right now, the city is um, is hiring restaurants and 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 food manufacturers to provide um, food for the hospitals for you know different um, even the food that that's giving being giving out um, you know it's giving out by different organizations. Somebody has to cook that food. Somebody has to provide that food. So this different um, contracts coming down the pipeline. Wow. The, um, yes. So um, also, the to be ready, to be ready. The, oh, they're always looking also for vendors that are, are, vendi- that are selling masks and, um, you, you know, um, sanitizer, hand sanitizers, different things, and what they call also mm-hmm. the essential products right now. And, so, and, 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 yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. So, um, and the other thing is um, that to be ready, this is what I want the, the business owners to understand. There's going to be, as I said, it's it, it, it's going to be different. In you know, once we go, we come back. Um, there's going to be because it's a reality. There's going to be services that are not going to be so much needed until later on. But there's going to be new services and products that are going to be needed because. It, it, there are opportunities that are coming away. There are business opportunities that are going to be generated because of this 
situation. Um, I heard the governor talking about um, um, mental health, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when he talks about how those numbers have gone up in terms of, of um, domestic violence, in terms of um, um, mental um, illnesses, do you, if you are a vendor that are in those areas, you immediately have to start thinking, oh, there's going to be opportunities there. And so you have to make sure that you're ready. So if you're not certified as an MWBE with the city and the state, then you need to do that. If you're in, in, in those types of areas. And that was going to be my question. Must you be, could you be a small business or must you be certified as a MWBE with the city and state? What if you're certified with the state? That's sufficient, correct? Um, no, because this is what happens. You have to be certified with both. And the reason for that is because the city has its own pool of money and the state has its own pool of money. And they, uh, yes, and they issue contracts um, separately most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. And, so and, what would you, and what would you say to someone listening, you know, one, this is a, although this is actually recorded, um, but we'll be posting in the next day or two. Uh, what would you say to someone who says, hey, I can do that. I can do that. How do I go about getting certified? What's the easiest, fastest way? Can they go through the, the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce? Yes, yes, of course. Um, we okay. are, um, yes, yes, they can. We are a partner of the city of New York and also um, New York State for the MWB efforts. And um, we have um, experts in, in, in our staff that um, that's what they do. So we'd be happy to help anyone that wants to become certified. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> that's a, a, a wealth of information, Kenya. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I, my, my, my ideas are, are turning in, in my head. And, and uh, I know that this is unfortunately a situation where you would say, you know, uh, this is, you know, kind of, unexpected right we have a pandemic but there are opportunities that have come out of this pandemic Mm -hmm. and so uh i think that the definitely small businesses which by the way i'm told we we might lose a third of small businesses but those that can um continue uh you know i would take advantage of some of these opportunities now mind you it's not opportunities for all not every industry but this is also a, a an opportunity to figure out how you can kind of uh, protect your business uh, uh, for the next time, or or make it uh, uh, for for lack of a better term uh, term um, uh, foolproof, if you will, uh, recession proof your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so this is great information. Um, so what? You you mentioned and you really just uh, t- touched on this already. I, I was going to ask you, you know, what will or what should the operations of you know NWBEs look like in a post COVID nineteen, you know, a- after the state reopens? You said that they there will be changes. Um, it will be different. Um, you you all are working on those changes uh, right now, correct? Those 
Yeah. You're fine tuning mm-hmm. those and planning those out. And and when will you? When do you have an idea of when you know that will be announced in terms of changes? I know you mentioned phases. Do you think in the next month, maybe June, we'll know? I, I yes. I you know before the end of May, we will see already some of the things being rolled out. Uh, but mainly June. Okay. Because, All right. Yes. Yeah. Mainly, we will see some of it roll out in June, and as I said, it's going to take a little bit of. It's going to take some time, because as I said, as, as things, um, faces are start, you know, rolling out, and more, you know, businesses start opening, we are going to be monitoring the numbers of cases. How is that? How is reopening? impacting the cases, the number of cases. As I said before, are they going down? Are they staying the same? Are they going up? Because if it's going up, then we have to then slow down, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's why it's going to take, it's going to take a while. And, and people have to understand that. People have to understand that because the worst thing that could happen is that we open and open too fast and then the numbers go up. Kenya Abru, what can I say? You are a true leader. I am so honored to have had you on Tea's Table Talk today. But before we end our interview, I have a question that I'm just curious about. Um, You know, you've Mm -hmm. done so much for... Uh, women and and being um, an example to to women everywhere, um, you know. And you've uh, had uh, uh, experience in the political realm. Um, will we see you in the future uh, as our as the city ca- our next city council member or or state senator? Oh my goodness, see, this is so interesting <laughs> that you're asking that because. <laughs> If you you're know, able to answer, right? Yeah, if you're so able. I, I've, been, I've been asked. I've been asked a lot of times to run for office. A lot of times, and I've always said no, 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 no. But now I kind of, you know, going back and forth. So I'm not going to say no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. Before I used to say no. Um, uh-huh. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now it's it's different because what I because of for, for what I what we have experienced and what I've seen. Um, I think we we do need more people, and and not just me. Um, I encourage other um, women also to run, and I encourage others to run because we need people that truly care um, for our yes. community and have the, yes. our community at heart. You know, um, so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say, Kenya. A woman only has to well, well needs to be asked seven times before oh, she, my goodness. She, so is this like your fifth time <laughs> maybe two more times <laughs> maybe 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 but it, it has crossed my mind lately um, well you know and, yeah. we're we're making strides so you know don't don't like you said you know you may not be saying yes right now but don't just as long as you don't say no <laughs> so i'm not going to say no for now you know i'm not going to say no and that's okay. what I said. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it was a pleasure. I want to thank you for joining me today on Tea's Table Talk. Do you want to plug your website uh, per chance before we go? Uh, yes. Um, so um, our website is um, nywcc.org. Those are the initials of the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce. 
again, nywcc.org. And um, they can, you know, go in there, see what uh, services we have, um, learn a little bit more about the Reopenness Chamber if they don't know us yet. And also um, send us a message through the website, and they can also call us. Uh, We are in operation right now remotely at home, but we are in operation, and we, we, we are very, very proud of the work that is being done by our staff team. And we are here to continue serving our new New York City, our New York State, continue serving our small businesses, and and, and really, um, more than anything, continue serving our women-owned businesses, our women entrepreneurs. Listen, I thank you so very much. Um, continue to do what you're doing, uh, and uh, and I, I thank you again for joining me today on Tea's Table Talk. Thank you. Anytime. Bye bye.